Mueller and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. What's going on, Steelers Nation Radio? It is high noon on a Wednesday afternoon, and that can only mean one thing. It's time to go inside the electric factory here on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Uh, Unfortunately, it'll be a little less electric today. Arthur Moat's out today. Don't worry, he is fine. So you'll just have me for an hour here. An abbreviated electric factory today on this Wednesday. And then we'll be back uh, full bore the rest of the week here, Thursday and Friday, as we start to look ahead to Cowboys-Steelers Sunday down in Dallas. So you just got me here today. We'll do things a little bit differently, uh, of course. We're going to hear from Ben Roethlisberger here in just a few moments. You know it's Ben's Day. Wednesday, the quarterback speaking uh, earlier this morning, um, looking back on what the Steelers have done so far, what they were able to accomplish in Baltimore, and looking ahead to the Dallas Cowboys as well. We'll hear from number seven, like I said here, in just a moment. And then over the last two days, while Motes and I were uh, doing the show with Craig Wolfley, we had a lot of fun doing the In the Locker Room Steelers Blitz crossover here on SNR. But throughout those two days, since, you know, we had the three the three big mouths, you know, myself, Wolf, and Motes, none of us are exactly the most uh, quiet, soft-spoken guys. We got a bunch of tweets over the last two days that we really didn't have time to get to on the show Monday and Tuesday. I will get to your tweets that you have sent in uh, over the last 48 hours in relation to the Steelers uh, in our second segment. And then in our third segment, final segment today, we'll do a little best of the West, as we always do on a Wednesday. All right, so... Game plan here, all right? Everybody huddle up. No moats today. You just got me for an hour, but here's what we're going to do. We're going to hear from Ben, all right? Then we'll get to your tweets, and then we'll do a little best of the West, all right? Sound like a date? Sounds like a date. The quarterback, number seven, Ben Roethlisberger. The Steelers are 7-0, and and, uh, and Ben asked about that, what it means to be at this point so far, kind of looking back on the Ravens game as well. And obviously talking about Dallas looking ahead to the Cowboys, and uh, a lot of I don't know if maybe self-scouting is is the term that I want to use here from Ben, but a lot of him talking about how despite being 7-0, he believes, they believe that the Steelers can keep on getting better. Here's what number seven, the future Hall of Famer, had to say this morning. Hey, Ben. uh, Ebron, from what we've learned in the last couple weeks, has a really, really big personality. What did you know about him in that respect uh, before he got here in just conversations with him? I think he said he, he met you at a, at a conference one time. And how has he fit into the locker room, at least personality-wise? Yeah, I didn't know much about his personality um, other than he kind of always had a smile on his face. And so um, to, to see his personality, it's, a, it's an outgoing one. It's bubbly, as we, as we see. It brings a lot of energy. Um, the cool thing is, is that it's, it's every day. It's not fake. It's, it's who he is, and um, it's contagious, and it's fun to be around. Will Graves? Hey, Ben. Um, you know, typically for you guys, it's a slowish start in September, and then you kind of get rolling into October and November. What has allowed you guys to kind of hit the ground running? And it, Was it just simply the continuity that you had and the fact that maybe that kept put you ahead of some teams that had to do some reshuffling? Yeah, I guess. I mean, knowing that we, we, you know, kind of are a veteran team, um, guys have been together for a long time. 
uh, systems haven't changed in terms of offense and defense. Coaches are the same. So I think that definitely helps and, and has contributed to, to kind of the early season success. Mark Caboli. You've been, um, you've been around long enough that uh, you were with the organization um, when they barely signed free agents, let alone uh, trade for people. Uh, that's changed recently. Is that a big deal inside the locker room? And what does that say when the front office uh, helps you guys out with some trades and some stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, it's um, we'll we'll see. I mean, obviously, he's not you know he's not here yet, and and, and things have kind of been new in terms of I just happened over the weekend and, and all the things that have been going on. So, um, you know, anybody that can come help this team win, um, we're all for it. Um, you know, I don't think it's a, it's one of those things where, okay, we absolutely need a linebacker because, I mean, Spillane's been playing really well. And um, But if we can add some depth, and, and obviously it's a defensive side of the ball, so they can answer that question better. But, um, you know, anybody that wants to come in here, and, you know, I know you can use any Tomlinism you want, put, his, put your hand on the pile or whatever you want to say, but truly anyone that wants to come in to help us win and can help us win, then, then we're all for it. Dale Lawley? Ben, uh You've been around the game a long time, in, obviously. Um, what is it about playing three consecutive road games? You've done this before that makes this so difficult. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we need to start every question with, Ben, you've been around for a long time. I you guys can avoid that. <laughs> no, um, you know, it's uh, – but but that, you know, kind of answers the question, too. You, you you know, you're being around as long as I have. You, you get these situations, and – and it's just, it's been such an unprecedented year, right? We had all those home games in a row, which is what you don't have. And now to go on the road, um, you know, it's just, it's just the way that this season and this year has kind of been for everybody. Um, my college coaches always say, have a plan, work the plan and plan for the unexpected. Um, and that's kind of just what we've been doing. We just kind of take whatever's thrown at us. Um, you know, like, you know, today, everything getting pushed back an hour today. I mean, you just, everyone has to do it. We can't sit there and say, Oh, woe is us because, people in real life are dealing with, with changing things too. So um, we just got to just keep rolling with it and, and understanding that when we get on the field on Sunday, it doesn't matter where we are. We need to play our best. Jeff Hathorn. Morning, Ben. Morning. Mike compared, Mike Tomlin compared Dallas's D, at least in the Philly game to your defense last year, as far as ball hawking, just wondering in the tape you've seen so far, what you've seen. Absolutely. Um, you know, we, we just got done watching some stuff, coach breaking it down for us. And obviously they, they're, they're not like last week where Baltimore shows all kinds of different blitzes and, and looks and things like that. They have four guys with their hand in the dirt that are getting after the, the, the quarterback, after the, the ball, wherever it is. Uh, they might add a linebacker here and there, but really they count their front four to get after um, the, the quarterback, especially in the past game. And it's not just um, getting a sack. I think that that's, that's good for them. But they're, they're going for the ball. They're going for a strip sack. And so um, just trying to be aware of that and me trying to keep two hands on the ball, not not giving it away will be important. And then the secondary. I mean, you watch, um, you know, Diggs get his first two interceptions last week. I mean, looking like a wide receiver making those plays. So um, they're a team that definitely is is aware of the ball and, and, and try to make that play, um, the good play, even better by turning it over. Jim Wexel. Uh, yeah, Ben, uh, after that game, Sunday, you looked about as drained as I've ever seen you look after a game. Uh, considering this is a big, obvious trap game coming up, can you get it back? Can you lead the team with enthusiasm? Yeah, for sure. I've done this a long time, remember? <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, the, 
the last two weeks have been just, you know, draining games. Obviously, the Tennessee game, because it felt like we were on the field for 100-plus plays, and then last week, um, just because it's Baltimore. And so, um, Coach is doing some things this week, especially today, to kind of get guys back, um, you know, in terms of the way practice is going to be scheduled and things like that. So, um, you know, it's it's one of those things that we, we joke that, that football is work during the week, but when Sunday comes, it's just we're playing ball. And so, we might be drained during the week and, and whatnot. So this is kind of one of those weeks where you have to really mentally focus in and, and, and the preparation in terms of meeting time and things like that. Because when Sunday comes, you know, you could be as tired as you want during the week. You got you to dial it in and be ready to go. Joe Rutter. Yeah, Ben, the intensive COVID protocols this week, have, has there been anything different, more virtual stuff? And do you expect the practice routine to change at all? Yeah, I mean, things got pushed back an hour today. Um, we met in the indoor um, facility, so everything was really spread out, and that's where some of the meetings are going to have to be. Um, we were told that we can't do individual meetings um, in person, so those will be virtual. So there'll be some virtual stuff this week. Um, in terms of practice, I know today's going to be a little different just to get guys' bodies back. Um, but, but it's going to be one of those weeks, like I said, that mentally we need to be sharp so that uh, Sunday we can be physically ready. Mike Pursuta. Ben, after the game, you talked about backyard football. Uh, can you expand on that a little bit? How much was varying from the script? How much was make it up as you go along? Uh, the second half, probably, I mean, 90% was make it up as we went. Um, truthfully, it was okay. Line here. I know I kind of talked about it after the game, but line, here's the protection, um, you know, receiver, you go over here this time that you, you go over here. I mean, you know, just telling guys literally, Looking back at the film, you can't even call the, the formations because we were moving guys at different spots, um, stacking guys up, bunching things. And to me, um, the I think it, it really comes back to those guys making plays, not physically, but mentally. I mean, to line guys up and not really have many questions. I mean, it goes back to the offseason work we did at Robert Morris, the offseason work we when we got together um, and have done this stuff and drilled this stuff. And I send the guys pictures at nights on the iPad you know, it just it just shows that it's sinking in and they get it because I can tell them to do something. I'm basically just trying to direct guys, um, right? The they're the they're they're doing the play, they're doing the movie, and I'm just telling them what to do, and they do it to perfection. And so, I, I it's not about me and what I, I just have to tell them what to do. They have to physically do it and mentally know what to do. And so they did it so well um, last week. I just I, I couldn't be more proud of the guys for that. All of them. Jerry Dulac. Hey Ben. Um... In that regard, um, I know you change a lot of plays at the line of scrimmage. Uh, I don't recall you so many times going up to the guys and kind of like physically with your, or at least with motioning uh, to, to change the play. Was it something just specific to this game? Was something you saw with them that, that caused well, you to do that? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like we were changing plays. We were making up plays. I mean, it was, it's the old, hey, go down to the tire, make the out, cut, you know, go around the tree. I mean, it was, true playground style football. But, and that's why I say I'm, I'm so proud of the guys because we literally were just making things up as we went in, in terms of individual routes. There were no play full play concepts. It was individual routes. And um, it mostly was because we were in a formation and a grouping that, that dictated um, kind of, you know, predicted them to be in very um, simple pass rushes, if you will, not bringing a lot of heat. They had to man up and, and do some things. And, um, you know, we just created some, some matchup opportunities for ourselves in that second half. Time for two more. Ed Werder. Uh, ben, you've been doing this for a long time. I think a few guys have said. Um, 
I just want to know when you have a defense uh, that you take to the stadium every Sunday, that's doing what yours is in terms of attacking quarterbacks and creating havoc and, and turnovers and, and short fields for you guys, what's your mindset uh, as a quarterback going into the game, as far as how you want to execute and what your priorities are given, you know, your, your defense is, is going to hold down the other side. Yeah, it gives you a lot of freedom. Um, you know that your mistakes aren't going to be as magnified because they're most likely going to stop them or get the ball back. Um, it's a lot like how when I first came in the league, you could just play more free because you know what your defense is going to give you. Um, you know, we turned the ball over early in that game and, and we weren't doing anything in the first half offensively. And, and yet our defense was able to hold a really good offense, keep the game close. And then they, they created turnovers for us. And when we got that turnover in the second half, the, the interception, we knew at that moment like that we need to do something offensively. Like we, we have to kind of turn this thing around because they, they carried us to that point. But that's what makes teams special is that we were able in the second half to turn it on offensively. We carry each other, um, special teams as well. So that's what makes teams special is when you can count on each other um, through the good and the bad and, and, and just rely and trust on each other because it's not always going to be perfect both sides of the ball. Um, but going into every week, we uh, as an offense, I know as a quarterback, we enjoy knowing what we have over there. Final one, Jenna Harner. Go ahead. Ben, after this kind of gauntlet of games that you guys have gone through here where you're playing three teams in a row with only one loss, what do you learn about your offense? What are some of the takeaways here as you know we're almost at that halfway mark in the season? Well, I think um, offensively, I, I, I don't think we're, we're playing as well as we the potential that we could be. And I think that's encouraging that we can, one, rely on our defense and we can still win football games not playing at our best. Uh, if we were playing our best football right now, then I'd be a little bit more concerned. But um, I feel, and I think a lot of guys offensively feel that, that we still can keep getting better and every week we want to get better. It starts with me. I need to, I need to play better football. Um, and so we'll, we'll just keep trying to do that. We're playing some really good teams. Um, obviously, two really good defenses the last two weeks and a team this week that, that is opportunistic and, and turning the ball over. I know their record overall may not speak for that, but, but if you look at the film and look what they've done the last few weeks, they're playing good football. So um, offensively, we need to get, get it going and get on track and, and really do more to carry this team if we can. Benjamin Roethlisberger this morning speaking to the Pittsburgh media there. Uh, and some great stuff from him. You love to hear that from your quarterback, right? I think even when we can all agree Ben has been he's been very sharp to start this season coming off a major elbow surgery. He still wants to be better. Uh, I think that's obviously fair, right? Even if the Steelers are if we look up and the Steelers are 10 and 0, 11 and 0 a few weeks from now, they will still want to get better. Good stuff from the quarterback there and uh looking forward to uh to seeing them take on, let's just say, a different defense than the Steelers have seen the last two weeks this upcoming Sunday against the Dallas Cowboys. I'm Wesley Euler with you here on the Steelers Blitz. On the other side, let's get to your tweets. Like I said, over the last two days, we had a jam-packed show with Craig Wolfley and a bunch of phone calls. We didn't really have any time to get to the tweets, but I've got a bunch of good questions saved here from the past two days as it relates to the Steelers. We'll get to those on the other side. If you want to get a question in, you can find me on Twitter. Tweet me there at Wesley Euler. The conversation continues on the other side. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. 
an abbreviated version of the Steelers Blitz today. Just Euler, no moats, but we'll be back in the saddle for you full-fledged on Thursday and on Friday as we get you ready for Steelers Cowboys. What I said I'm going to do here in this segment, a bunch of tweets that we've gotten over the last 48 hours or so that we didn't have time to answer due to our jam-packed shows on Monday and Tuesday with our buddy Craig Wolfley. whole lot of fun with him and our uh, In the Locker Room Steelers Blitz crossover. If you guys missed that, just check it out on the podcast, Steelers Blitz, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, let's turn to the Twitter.com here now and get to some of these questions. Uh, Trenton tweets, I love that uh, a Steeler got Defensive Player of the Week with the efforts of Stephon Tewitt, but do you think that Spillane was more deserving having a pick six and leading the team with 11 tackles? My opinion, uh, the pick six was more important than the two sacks by Tewitt. Trenton, you could certainly make that argument, but I, I think it's it's not a competition amongst the Steelers in that regard, right? I, I'm sure that they're all happy that Tewitt got it. I think Tewitt... A lot of the guys on the Steelers defense have gotten their roses this season, right? Like, I think we've sung the praises of T.J. Watt and Bud Dupree for the most part this year, Cam Hayward as well. I think Spillane, too, through these first two starts, right? Obviously, he got a ton of credit, deservedly so, for the tackle he made at the goal line against Derrick Henry. And then I think a lot of people were singing his praises uh, after the game against the Ravens as well. Stephon Tewitt's kind of flown under the radar more while he's been dominant. Uh, maybe he hasn't gotten the spin, the publicity of a lot of the Steelers' defenders. Um so, hey, you could argue that that pick six was more important. Certainly, it put points on the board for the Steelers, right? But I am certainly not uh, going to poo-poo the efforts of Stephon Tewitt uh, last week or what we've seen from him. Uh, just very good stuff from, from big number 91 so far this season. Steel City Champs tweets, the Dallas defense averages giving up 214 yards per game passing and 171 yards per game rushing. Who has a big game? James Connor, uh, certainly. Yeah, I, I think, uh-oh, it's only Wednesday, but maybe I'll make a, a little prediction here early. I think the Steelers are going to hit some big plays, going to hit some home runs Sunday against the Cowboys. That's one thing that we haven't seen a ton of this year, right? We've seen a, the Steelers' defense move the ball at will at times, certainly, but we haven't seen a ton of big touchdown splash plays. They had an 84-yard touchdown catch by Chase Claypool early in the season. But aside from that, not a ton of big touchdown splash plays for the offense. You know, I'm talking 40, 50, 60, 70-yard touchdown plays. I feel like that could happen against the Cowboys. I think their secondary can be had, certainly. Uh, and I think James Conner, wouldn't surprise me if him or maybe even a, you know, a change of pace guy like Anthony McFarland hit a big run on Sunday against Dallas uh, in Dallas. Good call there by Steel City Champs. Uh, Kelton tweets here, uh, I was looking, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but T.J. Watt has a chance to uh, unseat James Harrison for most sacks in a single season for the Steelers franchise and only his uh, <laughs> early on in his career in the black and gold. Pardon me. Uh, Kelton also says, do you think he will break the record by week 15? Oh, man, so not even giving him the final two weeks of the season there, Kelton. Yeah, it's asking a lot of T.J. Watt. I think T.J. Watt certainly has a chance. I would say Bud Dupree does as well, too. What those guys have been able to do this year uh, has been phenomenal. And T.J. Watt was close to scratching the surface uh, for breaking the record of most sacks in a single season for a Pittsburgh Steeler last year. I think we can all agree he's been even better this year. He continues to get better. Uh, yeah, Kelton, if he stays healthy, if Bud stays healthy, I think they'll both have a shot to, uh, to write their names in the Steelers' history books as this season goes along. 
Let's find another one here on the dot com. Uh, King Dusty tweets. Can the coach of the year, Mike Tomlin, get a game ball? Uh, Dusty, he can get a game ball. He can get some respect. He can get some roses, whatever you want to give him. Uh, Great stuff. I actually, it's funny, I I have a segment planned uh, for this for my solo show later today on ESPN Pittsburgh. I do that from 2 to 7 if Yins want to drop by and and tune in. Um, I have a whole segment planned about kind of giving credit to Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert. Um, And not to go too in-depth here, because I want to get to as many of these tweets as I can, but... To give you kind of a snapshot, last year when Ben Roethlisberger went down, major elbow surgery, six quarters into the season, 37 years old, I think a lot of franchises would have panicked. I think a lot of head coaches would have panicked. I think a lot of general managers would have hit the panic button. Instead, the Steelers doubled down. Uh, Despite the fact that their quarterback, you know, he's not on the front nine of his career anymore, right? He was 37 years old at the time. Um, Despite the fact that the season hadn't started well, uh, all these different reasons, you know, that the Steelers kind of could have maybe even, I don't know, started looking towards the future, if you will, right? I think a lot of franchises, if their 37-year-old franchise quarterback would have needed major elbow surgery, they would have started to look to the future. Instead, the Steelers doubled down. They went out and they traded for Minka Fitzpatrick. You know, they're trading their first-round pick for the first time since the Beatles were still on tour. Uh, They invested in that defense, And that's paying dividends now. They had every reason last year to punt on that season, you know, to give up six quarters into the season. Instead, they were eight and five at one point, using a whole slew of different quarterbacks. Uh, Devlin Duck Hodges, who coming out of training camp, was their fourth quarterback on the roster before they traded Josh Dobbs. A lot of franchises, a lot of head coaches, a lot of general managers. Man, when their 37-year-old franchise quarterback went down and needed major surgery on his throwing elbow... They would have started to look to the future. Instead, the Steelers doubled down and they invested, and now that's paying dividends right now. As Ben is rolling, they've got the weapons on offense, and the defense is one of the best, if not the best, in the entire National Football League. Yes, Mike Tomlin, game ball. Uh, Kevin Colbert, game ball. I think Randy Feetner and Keith Butler and Matt Canada and Terrell Austin, a whole lot of other guys, uh, deserve game balls, deserve their roses to this point as well. Sneaker goat Elijah tweets here. Uh, the narrative over the last two weeks has been a lot of who Robert Spillane isn't. No, he's not Devin Bush, and no one expects him to be. But what he does is makes up for his inefficiencies. The young man is a baller and plays his game to his best abilities, and his ceiling is high. Number forty-one rocks. I agree. This is a guy who's he's taken his opportunity so far, and hey, it hasn't been perfect. He, he made some great plays in Baltimore. Obviously, the splash play on the third play of the game to put the Steelers up early. Um, obviously, in on that tackle and forced fumble on fourth down on the Ravens' penultimate drive on Lamar there at the end of the game. He, he had a couple tackles that he missed, too, right? There was the one long J.K. Dobbins run where Spillane didn't take the best angle. But I agree with you, Elijah. Um, man, for him having only played, I think it was eight snaps was the most he had ever played in an NFL game, regular season game before uh, Tennessee against the Titans. Man, he has certainly uh, impressed so far. And I think, you know, you bring in Avery Williamson, you add another hand to that pile. I think those, that linebacker core can can keep going, can keep this train moving, even in the absence of the very talented, of course, Devin Bush. Uh, Barry tweets here, Juju is the 2020 Heinz Ward. Possession receiver, he's tough, he gets the extra yards, he has fun out there, and just to ask Vontez Perfect about how hard he can hit. Yeah, I agree with you, Barry, and I love it. I A lot of people were quick to, uh, 
I'll use this term again. A lot of people were quick to poo-poo Juju Smith-Schuster, right? The first couple weeks in the season when his numbers weren't the craziest. But look in the clutch the last two weeks. Look down the stretch in winning time when the Steelers had their most important drives of the game against the Titans and against the Ravens. Who was Ben Roethlisberger looking to? Who was making the plays? It was number 19. It was Juju Smith-Schuster. That says a lot to me about the faith uh, that number seven has in Juju and how he looks at uh, kind of the 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 pantheon, if you will, of Steelers wide receivers. I think to Ben and I think to Pittsburgh, Juju's still at the top of that list. Uh, Joan tweets here, the Steelers have had the players needed to hunt Heisman so far. They've bagged three. Uh, Baker Mayfield, Derrick Henry, Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I love it. Uh, And a big part of that has been kind of what I just alluded to. Everybody putting their hand in the pile. Uh, Alex Highsmith with the crucial interception last week. Isaiah Bugs, he came in and maybe struggled a little bit at first, but by the second half, he settled in nicely and made some huge plays for the Steelers at the end of the game. Uh, guys like Marcus Allen and Cam Sutton and Justin Lane as well, too. Uh, everybody with their hand in the pile, and and you need that in any typical year, uh, but particularly you know when you've got some injuries to Tyson Alualu, when Devin Bush is out for the rest of the season, we know, uh, and when Cam Hayward's shaking up here as well, uh, you're going to need uh, the Mondos to put their hand in that pile. So far, so good in that regard. Brian says, three game balls I want to give out. Uh, Tomlin and the coaching staff, stop hating this man. They made the adjustments needed to win this game. 7-0, stop crying, Yinzers. Whew! Brian, from your lips to, to God's ears, baby. Amen on that one. Uh, number two, Night Train, Spilly Spillane. Without a doubt, he is endearing himself to the Black and Gold Nation very well through two games. And uh, number three, James Conner kept his head down, ran hard, and secured the ball. Yes, ball security. A big one there, Brian. We did have the early fumble, of course, from Chase Claypool on the Steelers' first offensive drive of the game. Uh, but But other than that, I do think... Big picture, the Steelers' ball security has been better. There were times against the Titans where it was obviously a little shaky. Uh, you were worried there with the early turnover against the Ravens. But if you look at the big picture this year so far, they are doing a, a good job um, in the in the macro, right? You can point to some examples in the micro that, that are frustrating that need to get cleaned up. But in the macro, I think overall, so far, so good in that regard. Clean some things up there a little bit more. And you'll be looking real nice. That, that to me, folks, before we go to break here, is the most exciting thing about this Steelers start. Uh, yes, they're 7-0. and Yes, they're, I think, maybe through the toughest portion of the schedule, even though we know any given Sunday it's the National Football League. Any of these teams can beat you. But, man, despite being 7-0, and I don't think any of us are sitting here, and they're not certainly within the friendly confines of the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex down on the south side of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Nobody thinks that this team is playing their best. Nobody thinks this team's been perfect, not even close. In fact, we all know and we can point to tangible things where they can still get better despite being 7-0. and That's the most encouraging part. They're in a really good position right now, and seven more weeks from now, I expect them to be even better than they are here today on November 4th because that's what Mike Tomlin teams do. They consistently get better. They consistently sharpen their craft as the year goes along. We have a 13-year sample size of that why would I expect that to change now? A couple more tweets here rolling in. I'll get to those on the other side before we get out of here. If you uh, if you want to chime in last time, questions, comments, concerns, reactions, find me on Twitter at Wesley Euler. We'll wrap up the show with some more of your tweets and my best of the West rankings uh, on the other side here. It's Steelers Blitz on SNR.
This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Some normalcy to the show here today. I'll give you a little best of the West before we get out of here, but the tweets continue to roll in at Wesley Euler. Love the participation. Love the feedback, baby. So uh, so let's wrap up on the Twitter.com here. Uh, BPR says, love listening to you guys with Wolf this week. Prayers to Tunch. Keep up the great work. Thank you, BPR. As always, always a lot of fun getting together with Craig Wolfley. Uh, he has got a heart of gold. He's a lot of fun. Uh, he's very much like Arthur Motes and I, right? Very high energy. And, uh, yes, of course, Tunch back today. Uh, great to see him again. Hope he is doing well. Of course, uh, he's always in our thoughts and prayers. All of Pittsburgh, all of Steeler Nation. And, yeah, we, we had a lot of fun with, uh, with the Wolfman uh, the last two days. Uh, I, I bet you that won't be the last time that that, uh, that ever happens here. Uh, lots of fun always uh, hanging out with those guys. Good people, even though, you know, they do get the fancy suite, the fancy studio upstairs. I mean, I won't hold it against them. Uh, Don Juan checking in here. How about uh, another new nickname for Chase Claypool? We could do- call him Double C, C Squared. <laughs> I like it. The name, uh, the nickname suggestions continue to roll in for Chase Claypool. You know my requisite, all right? Just as long as it's not a dead giveaway about the fact of him being Canadian, all right? Just because not that there's anything wrong with those nicknames, but we can also be more creative than that as well, too. Uh, I like C squared. I like double C. I like snake guys with the 11 number. We've had some Somebody uh, called in uh, yesterday, I believe it was, to our In the Locker Room show, either yesterday or Monday, and said, how about we just call him Deadpool with the Claypool crossover? I kind of like that, too. Thanks, as always, for uh, for chiming in, Don Juan. Rebecca, the lit one here, tweets, do you think Ben will get comeback player of the year? He has my vote. Rebecca, he has my vote as well, too. And he might even have some of my money. I may or may not have a few shillings, a few ducats, a few dollar-dollar bills on Ben Roethlisberger to win comeback player of the year on the Fox Bet app. So, yes, um, I think right now, uh, I mean, I would say it's probably – it's almost a layup at this point as long as he continues to do what he's been doing I don't know who else could really be in the conversation Alex Smith I mean he hasn't played enough or hasn't done enough in Washington uh I really don't know who else could even be in the conversation at this point and you know while we're, while we're doing the the gambling talk here um if you look most sports books have removed that from the available offerings right so you can't even bet now um on who's going to win comeback player of the year in the NFL at a lot of different sports books because they're just assuming Ben is such a big favorite at this point. AYS tweets, Ben talking about going backyard football is the coolest thing I've ever heard in my life. Uh, I wonder, AYS, you're probably a backyard football computer game kid just like me, baby. Uh, and AYS asks, what is the best place to get wings in the Berg? Oh, man, you know how to split a crowd, huh? I feel like... The pizza discussion is always the one that splits people down the middle the most. People are very passionate about their pizza in Pittsburgh, and we got some very good establishments. Um, When it comes to these type of questions, AYS, I don't want you to think I'm copping out here, but I'm going to give you a couple options, all right? Because if I just say one place for you, then I'm going to get a bunch of other people tweeting me, well, what about this place? What about that place? All right, so... Um, Big Shot Bob's is a classic in Pittsburgh. Big Shot Bob's is phenomenal, and they've got like 
300 million different locations, so it's easy to find them. They are always reliable. They're like old faithful, baby. Love Big Shot Bobs. Um, 51 Wings is really good. The Bingham Tavern is really good. Uh, the William Penn Tavern. There's something with the tavern names in Pittsburgh that leads to good wings. Uh, Bingham Tavern and William Penn Tavern, both fantastic. I feel like those are probably the big four, AYS. Uh, William Penn, Bingham, 51 Wings, Big Shot Bobs. I hope I'm not missing anybody. But I got to tell you, a low-key one, all right? You won't find this on any Google searches or any Yelp searches. My favorite wings in Pittsburgh might be at a little place in Carnegie, you know, only about five, ten minutes from our studio here, called Insurrection Aleworks. It's a brewery, and they have a wing flavor called Insurrection, and it is phenomenal. It's like a, it's like a buffalo flavor, and it's got perfect heat, and it's just a little sweet. So, Big Shot Bob's, Bigham Tavern, William Penn Tavern, 51 Wings. If you want something under the radar, though, and you want a good beer to go with it, good craft beer to go with it, Insurrection Ale works, baby. I'm telling you, it flies under the radar, and I love it. Uh, let's see here if we got any more tweets before I give you my best of the West. I don't want to leave anybody out. Uh, Kelton says here, um, do you think that the Texans would ditch this year and make a trade with J.J. Watt? It would be awesome having the missing brother on our team boosting the defense. The only problem with that, Kelton, is the trade deadline is now done and dusted. It's over. It was done yesterday, I think, at 4 o'clock officially. Uh, so even if the Texans wanted to, even if J.J. wanted to, unfortunately, I think we are past that point. And as much as I'm sure a lot of teams would love to add J.J. Watt, I do believe, and I'm not entirely sure on this, so you guys can fact check me if I'm wrong, but I do believe that J.J. Watt still has a pretty nice cap hit attached to his contract. It's not like... Uh, he would kind of be coming in, you know, as like a rental guy. I think he's still got a, a lot of money, a lot of term, a lot of commitment uh, attached to him salary-wise, salary cap hit-wise, and that might scare some teams, might have scared some teams from potentially trying to to court him, if you will, uh, because who knows what's going to happen with the salary cap going forward here, right? It could flatline, it could come down. Uh, teams probably less willing to take a risk in that regard with a guy who, you know, it's not like he's he's just a one-year rental or something like that and his contract is running out where he's still got a lot more meat on that bone contract-wise, if you will. Uh, I think that's it. I think that's all we got here on the Twitter.com. At uh, Wesley Euler, if you want to get those tweets in, if you want to join the conversation, you know, Moats and I always love to have Yins guys with us. All right, little best of the West before I get out of here. My top 10 teams in the National Football League. No Arthur Motes to wind me up today, baby. This is all me. So let's start at the back again to build up the suspense of where I have the Steelers. Number 10, I got the Arizona Cardinals. They've got their deficiencies. On defense without Chandler Jones, they're not quite the same. But this is a well-coached team. They've got a lot of talent. DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray are on the same page. That counts for a lot. I've got the Cardinals number 10. Number nine, the Tennessee Titans. Weird team the last couple weeks, right? Uh, Almost like maybe they let the Steelers beat them twice this past week. But I still think the Titans, very talented. I think Mike Vrabel is a good coach. I've got them at number nine. Number eight, climbing up the rankings here, the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, quietly five and two. They started really slow. Flying under the radar, even the majority of the talking points around this team are still about Michael Thomas and his availability, not the fact that the team is five and oh. They're not playing their best, but they've got ways to win. They're still 5-2, and two, and they've done it against some good competition. I got the Saints at number 8. Number 7, the Bills. Another team that's looked a little off, a little 
wonky the last couple weeks, but still finding ways to win games. They'll get healthier on defense. I don't think they've played nearly their best either. I've got Buffalo at number seven. Number six, Green Bay. The perplexing Packers. Let me say that again because I almost messed it up. Green Bay. The perplexing Packers. This is a team, folks, that when they play good, man, it looks really nice, right? They look like Super Bowl contenders when they're firing on all cylinders. But when they don't play well, man, it's U-G-L-Y. There's not much common ground there. The Packers either look like world beaters or they look like a team that's destined to lose first weekend of the, of the, you know, the wild card playoffs. The Packers are perplexing, but I still got them at number six. At number five, I've got the Ravens. Maybe another perplexing team, right? But I think there's less questions about them than a lot of the teams behind them, particularly if they're not playing the Chiefs or the Steelers. Uh, I got the Ravens at number five. Number four, Tampa Bay. Uh, They didn't light the Giants on fire like everybody expected on Monday night. That one came down to the wire. Oh, baby, look at me making rhymes here on the program. Uh, But I still think Tampa Bay, they are another team. They're they're getting close, but they haven't played their best football. A lot of talent. I think the defense took the Giants a little lightly. They had to pay for that in moments. Uh, But what you saw from the Bucs Monday night is not kind of, I think, indicative of what they are as a final product. I've got Tampa at number four, and I got the Seahawks at number three. And maybe it's just because Russell Wilson's been so good, man. They have been hard to pin down. They do have a lot of upward mobility, I'll say, what the Seahawks do. Um, Adding Carlos Dunlap is big. They got Jamal Adams back. But they're still, man, they've got some weaknesses on defense. They've got a nice player at every level now with Dunlap, with Bobby Wagner, with Jamal Adams. And DK Metcalf has been a great emergence this season. But they still are asking Russell Wilson to do an awful lot. Uh, But like I said with the Steelers earlier, you you look at the Seahawks, despite the strong record, I I don't think this team is playing anywhere near capable of as good a football as they could be. They're not playing up to the level that they are capable of. There, spit it out, Euler. Uh, I got the Seahawks at number three. All right, now here we go. Drum roll. Guys, I still got the Steelers at two, and I got the Chiefs at one. And I know I'm going to get a lot of angry tweets about this, but let me say this. There's nothing wrong with being behind the Chiefs right now. Like, it's, it's week nine. Who really cares? You know what I mean? But the Chiefs, to me, again, like I've said, it's not even necessarily the whole to be the man, you got to beat the man thing. Although that obviously does play into it. The Chiefs have the NFL's best point differential, and they have the NFL's best turnover margin. Like, they're the reigning Super Bowl champions. I don't want the Steelers to be the best team in the NFL week nine. Who cares? The Steelers can still get a lot better I don't know if the Chiefs can improve that much. They can tighten things up on defense, certainly, but they kind of are what they are at this point. And again, that's the NFL's best point differential. That's the NFL's best turnover margin. They're scoring a ton of points. They're blowing teams out. They're playing smart football. They're the reigning Super Bowl champions. I've got the Steelers two. I've got the Chiefs one. If you want to angry tweet me, by all means, do it. But again, it's week nine. All right? Who really cares? You want the Steelers to be number one on this week 16, week 17, heading into the playoffs. Week nine, number two. That's just fine. So, again, I got Chiefs 1, Steelers 2, Seahawks 3, Tampa 4, Ravens 5, the perplexing Packers number 6, Buffalo 7, the Saints 8, the Tennessee Titans 9, the Arizona Cardinals number 10. Uh, Honorable mentions here, uh, I'll go Colts and Rams would be my next receiving votes. Uh, That'll do it for today's show, an abbreviated show today. No Arthur Motes, just me. So thanks for rocking with me here on the program. We'll be back tomorrow on Thursday. to break it all down, I believe 
We've gotten our soundboard fixed in here, so I believe that we will have Brian Backo on the show tomorrow, but uh, don't hold my feet to the fire on that one. But I think we should have our buddy Brian Backo. We'll have three question Thursday, and we will really, with Arthur Moats, start to turn the page and look ahead to just <laughs> those hapless Dallas Cowboys. So we'll talk the ends then. As always, high noon, and you know where to find us on your 24-7, home of the black and gold, Steelers Nation Radio.